the many things podcast now welcome uh to the show the uh 15 people that are listening joined by fraser again all right mate what's on harry good to be here mate yeah i bet you've been waiting all week this ain't you buzzing mate buzzing right so today's episode is a boxing episode again but i wanted to start today talking about the kinahan crime family should i say alleged crime family so they're an irish cartel <laughs> specializing uh weapon smuggling and drug smuggling but they've gone international they have base down in spain and obviously ireland as well but they sell they're responsible for quite a large portion of the of the europe's cocaine import actually allegedly again i should say but the reason why I'm talking about this is because it is actually connected to boxing and the cartel through laundering money they have um, set up boxing sort of management groups that the, uh, the the US State Department and the Irish Guardia the Irish police are accusing them as this is a way of how they are laundering the uh, proceeds from their criminal organization so the cartel family have been around sort of 20 odd years, but in more recent times, they've come to light through the sort of association they've had with some of the big boxing stars. So famously, Tyson Fury, uh, Billy Joe Saunders and many others, they've actually got a roster of about 200 boxers they had in what was MGM and then became MTK, Global Boxing Management Group. Now, Fraze, did you watch the uh, BBC Panorama documentary on this? I believe, how long ago was it? Like I, a year ago, maybe? A year and a half? Maybe. I watched something on YouTube, like a good 45-minute video on YouTube on them. It was quite a while ago I watched it. Yeah, it might, it might have been that. Because this thing is... Was it MGM? Is that what yeah. it was called? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. It used to be MGM. And then they changed the name of it to MTK Boxing. But uh, so they have the, uh, you know, the Marbella Gym, where I'm pretty sure Fury's trained. Quite a few other famous uh, boxers are trained down there in South Spain. That My was a, and obviously uh, Daniel Kinahan uh, was behind it, the uh, Irish mobster, and it was a way of them laundering money. But in this documentary, um, what what's the uh, Irish boxer, the famous one, the, the quite short guy? The, the ex-boxer, the bold guy. You know him? The trainer now. Um. Why would No. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I can edit that bit out. But basically, in the documentary I was watching, they were saying that the, uh, the MTK Global wasn't charging any management fees at all. And that's how they were getting so many of the stars because boxers were literally just leaving their man their normal management, like going to MTK, getting sucked in like a powerful magnet or something. And it was because apparently they weren't charging any fees. So how is a management company? Are you making money? You're not charging fees. Well, you're not. But what you are could be doing is laundering the money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this so the documentary I was watching it got crazy they fell out amongst each other the uh the, the irish uh, mob that were involved with this boxing group so did you hear about the 2016 weigh-ins when there was the shootout yeah well in this uh it was a kinahan event 
So part of the, uh, the, the the gang crime flooded over into the boxing. So at this boxing event, 2016 in um, Ireland, I think it might have been Crumlin, right? There was a group of five or six men dressed up as uh, Irish SWAT police, dressed up in disguise with Kalashnikovs that stormed the press conference. And then did you see the other two people, the one that was disguised as a woman and then the one disguised as an old man? I've I've seen it, yeah. I've Wait, definitely... let me bring up the photo. Woman and old man. So look at this. It looks like a woman. So it's a guy with a wig and a handgun who's running out of the event, having just shot up this uh, boxing weigh-in event. Yeah. Some 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 crazy shit is going on. And do you remember when um? Fury went. So the US State Department sanctioned this Irish gang. And do you remember Fury? He came out denying it. I think it was before the Dillian White fire all broke. He wasn't allowed to fly to America because of it. None of the Furies were. Yeah, no, you're right. That's why um, the, the initial Jake Paul Tommy Fury, uh, Tommy got refused entry into America, didn't he? Yeah, because, because of the links of it. But the, they, they say the original... So the matey that started MGM, that was like the downfall of his drug cartel, putting all of that public eye on him. If he had not started that, they'd probably still be alive and swimming well, well, better than what they have now. They've all killed each other pretty much, haven't they? Yeah, no, you're right. They got global attention. And famously was when the, to realise quite how deep this went in boxing, the Anthony Joshua Fury announcement in Saudi, the mega fight. I've got a clip here from an anonymous source. That's no, not an anonymous source. I'm not saying it's a news channel though, because I don't want to get sued. It's not that I will, because no one's listening. But anyway, right, like, listen, listen to what you're talking about. In case his role was revealed by Fury himself in a viral video in 2020. Hello there. I've just had to get off the phone with Daniel Kinahan. Uh, he just informed me so imagine right you're one of these irish gang members and you're trying to brief people right lads the intelligence agency are onto us even the u.s state department are onto us we need to lie low and then you look on the news, it's like national news everywhere. Tyson Fury saying this, you're like, fucking hell, lads. <laughs> Tyson, why would he, why, the thing with Tyson, why would Tyson even say he's a part of him? He knows who he was. He had to have known who he was, right? I mean. Today's episode is brought to you by UX Torches providers of small, high-efficiency, military-grade aluminium waterproof torches. They're long-distance and perfect for outdoor activities such as camping and hiking. Or, if like me, you just need it to take your bins out at night time. Whatever your need, get yours at www.uxtorches.com. That's www.u-torches.com. You know the you know the Marbella Boxing Club, the uh, the one in the south of Spain. Yeah. Is it called Twenty Four now? Twenty Four Hour, Twenty Four Unit. I'm not sure what it's called now. Before my coach goes out there. 
Fury's definitely trained there, hasn't he? My, my coach goes out there. You've seen Josh Caddy there. Oh, your coach goes out there? Yeah, he used to take Paul and uh, Charlie Colway. Paul Roberts and Charlie Colway, they used to go out there for the end of their camps and that. Shout out Paul and Charlie. Yeah. Anyway, but basically, um, the Spanish... So that, that boxing club, in 2014, when um, there was ongoing feuds within the Irish group... Uh, someone came and shot up the club trying to kill one of the cartel members and one of the boxers got shot. So imagine if you were one of the boxers training at this club and you'd heard the rumours going on of who owns it, some crime group or something. You just finished training, the weather's nice, you're walking outside and suddenly some like guy in a balaclava rocks up on a motorbike and you get shot. It's not great. That's rough, mate. The whole thing was a pretty sketchy setup, though. Anyone that decided to train in that gym knew kind of what was going on. Yeah, but and even if you didn't know for sure, there must have been rumours just flying around. Yeah. Flying around. Like, who, what sport... Hmm. Go on, go on. What management agency manages charging no fees? Yeah, none. And from ever since I ever started boxing... MGM or MTK was always dodgy, mate. It was it, ever since it's been about, it's always been dodgy. It's Marbella, the... Marbella itself is dodgy as fuck, mate. That yeah. whole place is scatty. Never mind a boxing gym ran by drug lords. I mean, when you phrase it like that, <laughs> maybe maybe there is a lot of something to it. I know what you mean. But, okay, so here's the uh, wild thing about it. Well, one of the many wild things about this. Um, so some of the members of the cartel who were operating in England were Kavanaugh brothers who were working in the UK for the cartel group. Yet they had a falling out. Allegedly, they were stealing money from the group. And they both got gunned down in Spain. Uh Sorry, one of them got gunned down in Spain. One of them got gunned down in uh, Ireland. And guess who went to the funeral of the one who got gunned down? Who? Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't Conor McGregor mixed up in it? I heard McGregor was mixed up. Remember when he punched that old man in the bar in Ireland? Yeah. I heard that that old man had, like, some kind of Irish mob ties. I but he is clearly mixed up a little bit if he turned up to uh, the Kavanaugh who's uh, funeral as well. So potentially. But I feel like he's rich and powerful enough that if he has disrespected them, he probably just paid, you know, a couple hundred thousand euros into some one of their like offshore bank accounts to settle the beef because he's rich enough to do that. Or he'd just pay someone to kill him, surely. Yeah, but I, I don't think McGregor would do... Would he do that? He's not a prop- I really do think McGregor, after about 55 ounces of flaky Smith for the past fucking six months, would lose his head over an argument, yes, and pay someone to kill someone, yeah. I do think that, yes. I mean, potentially. Who knows? Let's try try get him on the pod. Get <laughs> off. Talk about some illegal shit, Connor. Come on the pod. <laughs> If you li- if you listen, if you're one of our hundred listeners, happens to be Conor McGregor, come on and you know we've got a few questions. <coughs> Incriminate you. yourself for us, please. I think we do that enough to ourselves on this. To be fair, you yeah. 
Um, one last thing before we move on to something else on this topic is that I read an interview in The Times of a sort of middleman money mover type finance guy who knew who was working not directly with the Kinahans, but indirectly through another money manager. And he was saying that they were he was approached by them in 2020 to help invest 60 million pounds in uh, to move the money out of Hong Kong somewhere else into somewhere else for them. And then he said, within the space of 12 months, this 60 million pound soon moved to 200 million pounds. And when asked by the Times reporter why he was telling people about this story, he said because he was due is 1.5% commission of this 200 million pounds. But since the US had slapped the international sanctions on them, they'd gone silent and he didn't get paid. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. He is owed like 5 million though. Yeah, he is a he has great maths from you. He he was owed a 2. lot. 2.5 million. No, Imagine, no, three million, three million, three million. You sat, you know, you sat in your nice shiny office doing all your money management, finance stuff, and then you think, oh, give it six months' time. I'm about to, you know, I've got my my retirement money coming in. I'm set for life. And then you just see on the news, your client is just wanted by like the US uh, State Department, an internationally like wanted criminal. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a great day's work for him. (laughs) It's not. Right, moving on, let's actually talk about some boxing. The match between Usyk and Daniel Dubois was held in the 42,000 seat stadium in Poland called the Tarskinski Arena, which is the city that it's in, which is Tarskinski, is famous because it has a really large population of, you know, a migrant population, which so is basically coming as a home ground for um, Usyk. It was 85% Ukrainian migrants in the crowd, wasn't it? It looked unbelievable, the atmosphere at the end. You know when he's doing his dancing? He loves that He yeah. loves that weird Middle Eastern techno, doesn't he? He does, yeah. What do you, what did you think of the body shot? The famous uh, below the belt or the belt shot. Well, I don't know. So I don't know the boxing rule. I don't think anyone properly knew that boxing rule. I think, do you know what I think? The rule is it can't be on the fully on the belt right if the belt is below the fighter's navel which is his belly button yes you're correct but everybody because tony bell you took sent out that tweet didn't he basically defending Usyk. but everybody saw that it was above his belly button the entire fight and he pulled it down at the end because that photo that tony bell you retweeted it was clearly in a different position to where it was the whole fight yes so the thing is, though, the ref would have said your trousers are too high. Uh, shots in the belt were, would be accepted, but he didn't. So, technically, it was an illegal shot, but I think it was borderline, and I don't think he should have been given five minutes, but technically he should have been given five minutes. It's very hard. Like In, in my opinion, I think, I think he should have been countered. I do genuinely, I do genuinely think he should have been countered. I think if that was anywhere else in the world, he'd have been countered. Yeah, and I was... think if Usyk landed that on Dubois, 
De Bruyne would have encountered. Yeah, I have to agree. I think the pressure of the home advantage, like even just watching on TV, that atmosphere felt special, didn't it? There yeah. was something in the air that night. Usyk was never going to get, like a controversial decision like that was never going to go against Usyk, was it? It just yeah. was. And yeah, it's such a strange one, isn't it? It's, it's torn people, you know, it's, people are completely split on it. Funnily enough, Frank Warren's super, that's a legal blow, that's a legal blow. Eddie Hearn thinks it's an illegal blow. Uh, personally, I don't know. I think I'm, I am just somewhere in the middle. But what I do know, or what I honestly believe, is that if Usyk had been given the count, there was no way he was making it. Or if he did make it, he was he was going to lose. He'd lost the fight. Yeah. He, he couldn't recover in time. I think he'd, in, in all honesty, I, I, do, I think if he got counted, he would have got up. And he'd have probably survived. And he'd have probably still won. You gotta remember he's his home crowd, he's he's been to war. Like he ain't like do you know what I mean? He ain't like British soft or I've had a hard life, I've lived in a council house. You know, he ain't that, is it? Do you know what I mean? He, yeah. he's actually had it fucking rough. Like he's actually been to war. I I think he I, I think I don't know if he would have recovered, but I think he had good enough foot movement to just fucking run away from him for a round. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, we'll, we'll never know. It is interesting. Carl Frampton, who was commentating at the time, he instantly said, didn't he? The boy should be the new yeah. in the world. That was, that was a low blow. He, he was there live and I mean, he did see it in real time. Uh, it's a strange one. But going back to what you're saying about whether he recovered, he was milking it. He was obviously milking it a bit, staying down. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Hit seriously hard on something that sort of wasn't a low blow, and it like there's the argument whether Dubai could have jumped in the morning after it happened, maybe, but Dubois must have just been he must have just been heartbroken. He thought, I've won, imagine that you think you I've won the world championship of the world, wait, and I haven't, his ref's against me, and then that is just lost his head, didn't he? Yeah, but Dubois should definitely, Dubois, if Dubois jumped on him. He could have won him because he had let... The thing is, the, the, it was the ideal situation for De Bruyne that was. If Yusuf had gotten up after nine, got counted, gone up and nine, he would have ran. And it would have been so hard for De Bruyne to finish him. But because Yusuf had that five minutes, he was still a little bit fucked up. But he was with it enough to not want to be a bitch to De Bruyne because he was kind of angry that De Bruyne hit him with a, a body shot. But he wasn't with it enough to be fully as good as he should be. So he was standing there and trying to trade a little bit with De Bruyne. And De Bruyne should have just jumped on him, emptied him ta- emptied his tank, tried to knock him out or get knocked down himself. It was like an ideal situation with De Bruyne because Yusik just had enough about him for him to want to stand there and not run away like proper run away. But... He didn't have enough about him for him to land anything damaging to the Bois. So the Bois literally had like a pretty much like a free, yeah, a free, free thirty seconds, seconds to hurt music, and he didn't. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, hundred percent. Until he recovered. But if Usyk got up after nine or after eight, Usyk would have ran for that whole round, and the Bois wouldn't have touched him. Well, that's... he would have left a shot. He wouldn't have thrown a shot, but he would have moved away the whole round. After after such a heavy, heavy body shot, Could, would he have been able to run? Like, you're a boxer, you know, when you get hit with a big body shot, it slows you down a lot. You just it does, yes, but you, yeah, you'd be able to move. Usyk would have been able to move, definitely. Yeah, he'd definitely been able to move. He wouldn't have been wanting to get hit again. 
for he'd sure. Out, yeah, he'd have been able to move for sure. He'd have definitely been able to go out of the way. He'd have definitely been able to go out of the way. And you got to remember, Usyk ain't just like um, Usyk's been hurt to body before in the amateurs, and Usyk just moved like he ain't he ain't like new to working through the pain. Like Usyk's definitely been. Joshua hurt Usyk to the body. Yeah. What was it the, like? Was it the ninth round also? Yeah. So he he would, but what he would have done is he would have got up, and I'm telling you, he'd got up at eight, and he would have got up. He, he definitely uh, there was no not a doubt in my mind saying he wouldn't got up. He probably could have lost had more chance he'd have lost the fight, but he would have moved for that two minutes flat. He wouldn't have threw a shot, and Usyk's uh, De Bruyne's heavy, slow, but not that fast. Just danced around him, absolutely in agony. His body's probably still half seized up, like, but he he would have moved that whole round. Whereas when when he did get up and De Bruyne got him, he De Bruyne had him in a perfect situation. Like he was he was not good enough to land anything dangerous against De Bruyne, but he was shit enough not to move out the way with the spring in the foot he used to have. Yeah, all it took is just soften him up to the head and just bang one more to the body legally, whatever you want to say, and he's fucked. Shame you you would have known how to get a finish, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, yeah, with the fingers, it's easy to stay out of the ring. When you're in there, it all goes to shit, mate. It does all go to shit. For sure, for sure. When you've got 40,000 Ukrainians booing you, that's throwing shit at you. You know you're going to get absolutely vandalised after the fight because they think it's an illegal shot. Did you hear the story of what happened? Daniel Dubois's preparation for his heavyweight title fight with Usyk took a major hit this week when his Ryanair flight to Poland was cancelled. So he missed his flight and he said the Briton was forced to take a cab ride costing £280 to Heathrow, where he slept in an airport hotel before flying via Dusseldorf on Monday morning. That's hardly the, uh, the perfect start to your... Uh, yeah. to Frank Warren would have done him better than that. Huh? Surely Frank Warren would have done him better than that. I have so much faith in my fighter. I believe he's going to be the new heavyweight champion of the world. But here's your uh, 60 Ryanair ticket out there. <laughs> Ryanair, yeah, like you. Pete Grinning. Pete is, is what it is, really. But that was a pretty crazy uh, con- controversial win, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely was, wasn't it, Harry? What, what I was going to say, quickly off topic, very off topic, but I, I was listening to Joe Rogan, a short clip of Joe Rogan the other day, and he said there was a whistleblower Are in you, the US. Are you, you're calling US. out rival here. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Same kind of viewer level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I was listening to him, and he said um, there is there was a whistleblower in the US government that said they are bringing back the COVID lockdowns towards the end of September in America from a new strain that they planned from Canada. Yeah, I heard about that. I thought it was Alex Jones that he was talking about from Alex Jones that was saying it. I have heard Probably, that. I just heard it from Joe Rogan, but I, I know he said there was a whistleblower, but is that the whistleblower Alex Jones? Potentially. He's always got the insider knowledge. So if any of our listeners are hearing this, but hang on, this is, it's September's now. We're mid-September already. Yeah, mid to end of September, isn't it? Yeah. Well, but so they've released that there's a Canadian strain now, haven't they? Have they? Who have? The Chinese? 
They're saying like it's dangerous and it it, it travels. Do you know what they said though? The most fucked up thing ever. It only affects the people that has been vaccinated. No way. Hundred percent, bro. On my life, it only affects the people that have been vaccinated. So all of them golden sperm kids that never got vaccinated, fucking might as well just give all our girlfriends to them. We might as well. I mean, that'd be quite an easy task for me since I'm single. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe you need to have a serious chat once this episode's done, eh, Phrase? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm going to be depressed and single. Should we get back to boxing? Yes, yes, yes. Let's get back to so, boxing. Gilet Jang and Joe Joyce had a fight in uh, May 2023. Now, the rematch is due for next weekend. Joe Joyce lost. Um, he docked a stoppage, basically, wasn't it? His eye his eye all swelled up and closed up. And yeah. what's your predictions on a rematch, mate? Um, I think if Joe Joyce can last the first six rounds, he'll win. If he gets pinged with that left hand like he did in the first one, he's going to lose again. So that's the thing. Gone, gone. Yule Zhang is 41 years old, right? And he's like 20 stone. So you'd never... He's actually got... His feet aren't that quick. He's actually got quite fast hands. I think that catches people off guard a lot. He's very intelligent. He's a very intelligent fighter. He's been boxing, obviously, a very long time in his life. He knows how to set punches up and he knows when to throw and he knows when not to waste shit, which Mm -hmm. is like half the battle with boxing. It's like get hit and not be hit and don't waste punches because... Every punch basically zaps. Imagine your energy level's a thousand. Every time you throw a punch, it, it zaps one energy level till you get down to zero. So if you're wasting punches, it's pointless. Uh, someone like Zhang will got the intelligence, the power, the weight. If you can be precise and not waste punches, you're pretty good. But the only downside to him is he literally has six rounds in him. After six rounds, he's screwed. Anyone could beat him. Mm-hmm. But Joyce obviously didn't get to that six round mark and just got thrown around like a little kid in there last time. So. Oh, yeah, that's the disappointing thing, really, wasn't it? Because even in the later rounds, you could see Joyce was starting to win. Zhang was tiring, slowing down a lot. Joyce was dominating. But it was just the first, literally the first round or two, he landed, like, so many straight lefts that Zhang threw. He just ate the face flush. And Mm. from a 20-stone man, you can't take so many of those in a row. And obviously his eyes just swelled up and closed. The thing is, Joyce, he's shown us... He's shown us... Um, I can't put the word to it, but like he's shown us that he can be beat, I guess so you could say that. Before yeah. everyone, the juggernaut, like I, I genuinely thought before that fight, anybody could hit that kid on the chin for 12 rounds and he'd never be hurt. But like we've seen him a little bit get hurt with one of the shots on Jang, he jo- rocked back a little bit. So like he, he's shown us his um, soft side, if you, if you may. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. It was sort of known as, you know, Jug- Joe the Juggernaut could just walk through any shot, any mm. thing. Uh, his, face, his face was just so messed up just from because he, he, his defence was his face, but he'd always win. Do you know how he got that scar on his fight face, though, under his left eye? You'd think it's no, from... It's not. It's from a... Uh, he got hit in the face with a badminton racket when he was a teenager. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's pretty, it's not what you'd think from the bot ever, just assume it's fighting because he's a huge boxer. But what's the name of the, uh, so, you know, the Simon Jordan uh, talk sport uh, boxing show they do. He, who does he sit down with, the former former world champion guy? Hey, what, the one with, the one that's got hair still? Yeah. I can't remember that, I know what you mean there. 
Does that, does that narrow it down, the one that's got hair still? Yeah, 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 it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I can, use, I can use the power of the internet. Hang on. You and I have watched so many of these. Yeah, neither of us know. Ah, oh, Spencer Oliver. Spencer Oliver, Spencer. So, yeah, good man. Is he an ex-world champion? Well, maybe that's why I threw you off. I just assumed he was because he was on the screen. No, I don't think so, mate. I don't even... Spencer Oliver. Oh, uh, yeah, Spencer, yeah, Spencer, yeah. I don't think he is, mate. Sorry, anyway. if you are an ex-world champion, I feel terrible now. So, so far on the show, we've upset Tyson Fury, a um, Irish gang cartel, and now Spencer Oliver. His nickname was The Omen, so... The Oman? Yeah. No, he's never a world champion, mate. That's a country, isn't it, Oman? No, anyway. Omen. 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 We get, we're getting distracted. So, you know, point... you know he, to be fair, he was... My point being with the Spencer Oliver. <laughs> he's a European champion. He's a European champion. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Right, hang on. Right. Spencer. Yeah, yeah, okay. So Spencer. It's not Spencer Oliver. It's the Omen. The what, what happened to the not interrupting because we're doing a virtual? <laughs> um, Spencer Oliver, or his nickname, the Omen, was saying the other day when he was talking with Simon Jordan that Joe Joyce. <laughs> When he fought Gilei Zhang in April, this is the lightest he's been in years. Like his fight before that was to stone heavier, and his average weight tends to be around 19 stone. Uh, the Joseph Parker one is about 19 stone, whereas his Gilei Zhang, he was 18 stone. So they were saying to them, this sounds like a strategic decision by his trainers to come in light, uh, like consciously lighter against Zhang. But whether that was the right decision or not, whether that, you know, meant he could get hurt more easily, whether, you know, whether that was the right decision, basically. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely wasn't the right decision. No. He, I, I think he thought he could move a bit better. Than what, I don't know. I, to be honest, we have no idea what went through his head or his camp's head or his coach's head. But in my head, I would have come in heavier and I would have just took them fucking first four or five rounds with my hands up and then just started fighting in round five. Yeah, for sure, but... For sure. you're heavy, you'll be able to take the punches better, just keep your hands up, and don't get pinged in your face flush every round, at least three times a round. Like, try and just get it once every other round, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I hate this well, is what... A little bit. What fight predictions for the weekend? Is he going to beat Gilles Zhang or not? Um, yeah, yeah, I'll give him the benefit of doubt. Yeah, yeah. I'm ho- I really, really do hope he 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 does. Do you know? Is it a UK-based fight? Is it? Uh, yes. Very good. Well, I'm gonna watch that anyway, mate. Cheers for doing yes, the. You episode. are gonna watch it on your TV, not on a legal stream, are you? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Good man. Quick right. one, just for context. Buy Harry's new torches. They're really good. I got one at home. It makes you see the garden amazingly. I'm doing if, I, if I hear noises outside, just shine the torch so I can see the right down the bottom of the garden. I put it into context, see how big my garden is. They're so bright, they can kill a chicken. So I, I will stand on the top of that balcony and they, I will see right down to the bottom of my garden. Easy. I'll give you a demonstration later and you can add it in. 
Cheers, mate. I mean, what he's referring to is the sponsor of our show, UX Torches, but you'd have heard that mid-roll anyway. But anyway, mate, cheers yeah. for the cool. podcast. Cheers for the 100 people that listen, and I will see you later. See you later. Have a good one. The Many Things Podcast.